Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz drummer, composer, and producer Patrick Solori of the Hot Toddies. He opened up about their debut full-length album as New York City's leading hot jazz and swing band. The album celebrates the array of swinging vocal and big band numbers inspired by the legendary singers and composers of the era like Duke Ellington, Billie Holiday, and the great Count Basie. As a relatively new group founded in 2018, they have quickly become one of the top bands on the swing scene in New York City. We cover quite a bit of ground. Enjoy. Hey, Patrick. Hey, how's it going, Joe? What's up, man? Not much. Let's get into the jazz. Nice to meet you. Thanks for taking a minute out. <laughs> sure thing. Good to meet you, too. Good to be on the so, show. I, I've already played you all on the show. Um, I, I really like what you guys do, and it's kind of emblematic. I remember in the 90s when I was getting into jazz, in the late 90s, with Squirrel Nut Zippers, and mm-hmm. they were kind of reinfusing that notion of dance and getting kind of jazz to where it was when, you know, the swing in 20s were around and i see a lot of what you guys are doing that's a part of that so talk to me a little bit about you know what it feels like to have this album come out now sure yeah i mean it's it's um it's it's been great it's been a, it was a ton of work because I, I produced it i recorded it i'm also the band leader um but it's been really wonderful to have it out because the 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 band has been playing for uh, you know, kind of a lot lately, but the, um, because of the pandemic, the album was really delayed in being released. So to finally have something out there is great. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, essentially what you were saying about the kind of like the nineties swing bands and stuff like that, because it's, it's, there's a similarity, but there's also kind of significant difference. The, um, a lot of those, the bands in the nineties, um, were kind of coming out of the ska scene, which was yeah. interesting. And they were kind of doing a little bit more of like a theatrical zoot suit kind of thing. Um, and, uh, so it was, it got really popular, which was fantastic. And it definitely was a huge part of the swing resurgence that happened. But I think what's changed since then, especially in the last like five to 10 years, and I'm speaking at this because I also produce a ton of uh, swing events here in New York City. Is that a lot of the bands are playing a little bit more, I guess, for lack of a better term, authentic. Like they're playing more to the roots of the music. Um, so they're kind of coming in with a lot of knowledge and expertise and love of the music. They're, they're sort of not coming from sort of this other scene to, to come in. So, you know, we have uh, like the musicians that we pull from are amazing. And that's one of the things on the album that was incredible is having just so much talent to pull from. So, you know, it's like when we play, we'll like, you know, we'll wear a suit and a tie or some little vintage, you know, touch, but it's not like we're wearing zoot suits and kind of putting on that type of theatrical thing. So it's a, it's interesting. We're really connected in New York city to the dance scene since, you know, Lindy hop comes from New York city. We kind of take a certain pride in all of that and kind of connecting the two together. Um, and then doing our own twist to it. So I'm sure as you, as you heard, it's, you know, we're not doing recreations of tunes from like the twenties, thirties and forties. We're sort of putting our own little spin on it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been really great, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's the refreshing part. And it's great. You made that distinction because I think at the end of the day, it's really the, the heart and soul and spirit of this is to get people to believe that jazz isn't kind of this stuffy older person kind of a thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It gets pigeonholed as highbrow and, you know, kind of unapproachable on that matter. But when you do actually go to an event, I know they've had them here in Kansas city, 
where people are doing um dances and 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 they're getting into it there's a different vibe there's a feel to it it kind of goes back to that 18th and vine thing where people were mm-hmm. just out enjoying having a drink and kicking their feet up that's what the practitioners of this art wanted that's what duke and all of them definitely wanted. yeah i mean i think it's uh i think a lot of people think of jazz as sort of like a concert format where you sit and you listen and it's or you go to a jazz club and it's like really expensive and it's sort of people don't quite understand it and stuff like that. Uh, but I mean, you know, I think we're, because we're also playing more of the traditional styles, um, it's kind of just party music in a lot of ways. I mean, a lot of, you know, the origins of the music um, were meant for dancing. You know, it's, it was, you know, all the, the swing clubs in Harlem in the swing era. I mean, that was music that just made you want to dance. So I think because we're playing in that environment here in the city, I mean, you know, of course, jumping forward (laughs) many decades later, but I mean, part of what I like to bring to it is, you know, connecting to listeners and dancers. And, uh, you know, it's like we we have a weekly gig that we play um, at Somewhere Nowhere and we're there every Wednesday. You know, August is supposed to be kind of a slow month. Like last night, we had only 290 people there. The last three weeks before, we had over 400 people. And, you know, maybe a, a 25 to 30% of them are swing dancers. Everyone else are just kind of like 20, 30 somethings that are just curious to check it out. They're these jazz curious people, as I call them. They just kind of show up and they kind of like bop around and they're hanging out with their friends. And I think it's, um, and I like being able to introduce people to this other side of, of jazz. You know, it, it's fun. You can, you know, it, it's a, it's a social music for dancing, for hanging out, for flirting, for doing whatever you do with it, you know, and, um, and, uh, it's, I'm, you know, I'm glad to, to, to hear you guys connecting with it. Well, that's the roots of it too. That's just what you said. Those last caveats were the roots of why this music took hold and became, you know, became the, 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 big modern music of the time so i'm curious with the hot toddies how did you all kind of gravitate and come into orbit together and how did it culminate to this first full-length release sure so as i mentioned um i run prohibition productions here in new york city which is uh, a production company that that produces hot jazz and swing dance events so i've been doing that for a while my first party in the public was 2006 these started as house parties they got too big started doing them outside. And, um, and so it kind of came from producing these events. I, I grew up as a drummer um, and then I actually stopped uh, when I went to college, I went to conservatory for classical composing. So I kind of went classical, um, you know, I wrote ballets and operas and stuff like that. And, and all the while I was producing these swing events kind of as a side hustle. And then over time, they became uh, a real business. And, you know, I work with most of the, the bands here in the city that play hot jazz and swing. And, um, and, and after time, I really just started missing playing. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're improvising in a jazz band, it's a much more in the moment kind of thing where composing is more cerebral and you're just kind of like, you know, you're in your head a little bit. And, um, and then I, uh, I, I was asked to, I don't know if you know Bria Skomberg, the wonderful trumpet player. Um, and she's, uh, she put together a, uh, 
uh, adult jazz camp called the uh, New York Hot Jazz Camp. And she asked me to help promote it with Molly Ryan. The two of them were running it. And I said, well, you know, instead of paying me, can, can I just take the camp? And um, I did that. And when I was there, I met Gabe Tarasiano, who was the co-band leader with me, a uh, very fine violin player, uh, you know, Grammy nominated just last year, was playing with T- Terrence Blanchard and the Turtle Island String Quartet. But at the time, he was new to, to, to hot jazz. So we were put in a, a camp band together and we kind of connected. And then um, as we finished the, the camp, you know, we started going to some of my events and we were like, hey, maybe we should, you know, put something together because we sort of connected. And then, um, you know, it took a little bit of time for that to happen. But then we started pulling together a lot of the musicians that I knew from <clears throat> the bands that I was hiring. Because here in, in New York, as in most places, musicians play with many different bands. And so we just had to find the right people. And over time, that, that came together. So I would say about a year after we started playing together, we started recording. So we had our first couple of sessions for this album in 2019, but then the pandemic hit, it kind of got put on the back burner. Um, we did our quarantine EP tracks, which we recorded separately during pandemic, um, put that out in, in 21. And then last year we kind of got back together, working on this project, did two more sessions and then, you know, started mixing everything. So it was it was quite a journey, and it, and it kind of tracks the, a journey of the band as well, and, and figuring itself out. Yeah. So, what was the first live jazz show you saw that blew you away that inspired you to want to do it? Ooh, interesting question. Um, so my dad is a photographer, and he grew up loving jazz. That's my mom as well, and um, <clears throat> but I remember, I remember him. I remember two things. I remember him taking us to the blue note when we were maybe in junior high school and just it being quite an experience. Um, I think Herbie Mann was playing cause he did a, he, my dad shot a, a cover for Herbie Mann in one of his albums in the seventies. I think it was the Brazil album. And then I remember um, going, he took us up to Harlem. I think it was Harlem school of the arts. And um, there was some kind of like, session with some of the the old old jazz greats and um max roach was there and he he was playing and he did this thing on the um on on the hi-hat you know just by itself i remember that being really inspiring and then there was animal from the muppets as a kid i remember loving that um and uh but yeah i mean i think i think those were some pretty early and then just always hearing jazz at home um yeah. And then, you know, in terms of the first time I saw swing dancing, I have an identical twin brother and he started dancing uh, a couple of years before I did. But the first time I saw him do it, he'd been telling me about this for a long time. And there, there's a pretty big scene here in New York. And uh, I remember going to this place called Louisiana Bar and Grill <clears throat> and walking into the room, there was a band playing and there's something like the room was packed with like 150 people playing uh, there's a band playing, all these people dancing, and it just kind of blew me away. And I, I was like, oh, this is why you're really into this. So it kind of connected all these different worlds together. So of all of these things, these strings that you pull on this jazz marionette, what do you like the best about what you do? What do you look forward to the most every day? I mean, I love bringing people together. I, I think that's kind of when I kind of fell into producing the events. I like being able to put live music and people together. 
Um, it's kind of like cooking or chemistry, you sort of like put all these different things together and things happen. And, you know, as I got back into playing and now it's become a very regular part of, of my life. I mean, I love being, uh, you know, playing on the drums, connecting with your musicians and then seeing the effect that has on everyone. Like, like you kind of, if you do it right, it's almost like people can't help but dance or move or, physicalize the music in some way and i think that's um it's just a, a really wonderful magical thing and um uh, i think that's something the band does extremely well i mean like you know we do it with charts we're very much <clears throat> in the moment connecting with each other and um i think the way that i try and play is to kind of really um you know create a rhythm section that 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 has that driving dance to it and uh, make people dance. Yeah. Well, so ultimately, you know, this is, this is your first big release. And I'm curious, what are you hoping the listener ultimately gets not only from this album, but just the overall vibe of what the hot toddies are and what they're doing? You know, I think part of the goal was to make something that was danceable for people that are swing dancers, Lindy hoppers, things like that. And, you know, on the, on the album, uh, uh, credits on the back, you know, the, the tracks, we list the BPM, which is very common dancers. So, you know, it's like, there's all these little things in there that are meant to, to cater to dancers, you know, the tempo ranges, um, the song lengths, things like, like that. But, you know, we're, we're not just playing for dancers. So I think part of what we do is try and create music that's going to be appealing for jazz fans, for people that just want to listen, uh, loungers, things like that. So, you know, there's, you know, even like while the tempos might not be all over the, like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's not a, it's kind of like a narrow tempo range, right? And the song lengths aren't that long, but there's a lot of complexity happening within there that's based on the improvisation that's happening. So it's sort of like, um, simply complex in a lot of ways. And so I think it's something that you can really just listen to. Um, but you can also dance to it. And I, and I think that's important. I think, one of the things that we developed over the last year doing this weekly residency at somewhere nowhere is, you know, how are we, how do you connect to dancers and uh, non-dancers and just people wanting to enjoy it? And there's, there's, there's a way to do that, you know, and I think it's, it's really important. I mean, we played Lincoln Center's um, summer for the city last month, which is uh, sort of like the big outdoor swing dance it used to be called midsummer night swing. You know, a lot of us fell in love with dancing there um, over, over the years. And, uh, you know, it was interesting when we played the the first set, there weren't a lot of dancers out yet. There was, there, but there was a ton. I mean, there was over 2,000 people at this event. And what was interesting is there was a lot of people just listening and kind of, you know, getting into it. And, and, uh, and then the dancers, of course, came out and it was great. But, you know, a lot of people were said, oh, yeah, you guys put on a good show. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because we're not trying to put on a show. We're just playing. But because we're not, our noses aren't in the music and we're really, um, you know, connecting with each other. I think that just kind of happens naturally. Yeah. So I think that's um, something which, you know, opens us up to doing concerts in instead of just dances yeah. uh, um, and, and mixing it up, you know. You know, the one thing I think there was a fear when the pandemic was really raging was that there was going to be a lot of kids in school that were not going to go for jazz. People were leaving big cities like New York. There was this mm -hmm. thing where people had to be pragmatic and real about rent costs and 
living and what they're going to do. And there was a lot of people that became truck drivers that were musicians. But it seems to me as though, especially with what you're doing, your project and getting people moving, is that there is a bigger resurgence in jazz now than there maybe was before. It seems Mm. as strong as ever. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, look, like everywhere... New York City was hit really hard. We lost a lot of a lot of people moved out. A lot of musicians moved away. Some of them came back. Some of them didn't. Um, a lot of dancers that we knew that used to come to the events moved away. There's a whole lot of new people coming in. You know, so it's interesting. It's, it's a real um, inflection point. A lot of things changed, and there's a lot of new people here. Um, and you know, I think it's you know, it's been, it's been tricky because like when you're kind of in the moment, it's, it is scary that, you know, there's for the first, I mean, it's hard to say when pandemic ended, but like, you know, we started um, our Wednesday weekly um, a year ago in May, actually May the 4th, ironically, but um, you know, 21, there wasn't really anything happening in 22. It started very slowly. So it's, but people were still nervous coming out, especially here in the city, because it's it's all so tightly packed and a lot of old places don't have good ventilation. And, you know, but it it's it's really been gradually coming back. I think one of the things that we felt immediately when we started doing some of the larger events, when people felt a, more safe to go out, is this people missing the social connection and interaction of of not only getting together at an event, but the whole point of swing dancing, it's a social dance. Right. And, and I think that's um, really important. And, w- and what we're seeing is a lot of new people coming in. Like, I think these jazz curious people that show up at the club, like hundreds of them every week, you know, they, they kind of don't know too much about what, you know, swing is and jazz and the history and swing dancing and stuff like that, but they're curious. Like they see it on Instagram. They want to check it out. So I think there's, I think in the big picture, we're seeing a whole shift happening and a lot of new people uh, coming in. And, um, uh, you know, I think we're starting to get really optimistic. I feel like this fall is going to be really busy. I think it's going to be the first sort of normal, new normal time coming out of pandemic. Um, You know, and I think we're going to get a lot busier and, and uh, you know, it's, it's been quite a journey as I'm sure it has been for you all. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's interesting. My next question comes from this. Robert Altman came to Kansas City in 95. You know, he's from here and he was uh, making that film with Jennifer Jason Lee called Kansas City. And they redid 18th and Vine. It was all the old clubs, the battle, the bands, and it was all this nostalgia. Mm. So I started thinking, what what act would I love to have seen live here in Kansas City? You know, so I'm going to ask you that as someone that's a practitioner of presenting this music and getting people moving, what nostalgic place would you go in a time machine? What act would you see? What venue would you go to to really get that full bodied feel? Hmm. I mean, one of the things I like to do when I'm exploring cities or, or especially music cities is just kind of, you know, find the the street that has all the clubs on it or, or just kind of wander through. Like, you know, it's like, it's like when you walk through new Orleans, right. You, you're kind of walking through, you're experiencing the people and tourists, but you, you, you kind of go into, you kind of walk by and you hear music going into a club and you kind of go. in. so imagine going back, back in the day 
and kind of going through and it's like, you know, you see all the street signs of like who's playing all these like amazing jazz greats and, and things like that. I mean, you know, just to, just to kind of do that would be, I think really, really magical. I mean, Kansas city has amazing history, like so many other uh, spots. It would be, it'd be really um, special to almost like accidentally stumble into these jazz greats, just kind of doing their thing. You know, it's like, they don't, quite realize that they're part of history that we're going to recognize down the road. They're just kind of there playing the gig, but making amazing music, you know, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to Chuck Israels about this at one point and, you know, he played with everybody under the sun and he had mentioned that. I apologize. There's a, can you hear that? Okay, good, 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 good. So we're, we're (laughs) siphoned here. Sorry. So, um, I was like, were you aware with Stan Getz that you guys were creating this thing that was just unbelievable? And he was like, no, man. I mean, we would run into Miles and all of these guys and they were yeah. just doing their thing. There was no like thing that we're in the midst of this golden era of jazz. We were just doing what we were doing. And that's the interesting thing about it. So Patrick kind of is the brainchild of this band. I'm curious. Everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, fans, but you ultimately run the show. What's your perception of you? And even in the context of this band, who do you think you are? Hmm. Great question. Still figuring that out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but in a lot of ways, releasing this album is, is starting to help to clarify that a little bit. I mean, I think, you know, kind of getting into it, it was really just uh to play for dancers to kind of you know play some gigs here in the city um and i think what's really happening is is, you know it's like it's like uh like you hear about how bands come together and they become tight and they they become like a family like i think that's really starting to happen so i think in a lot of ways through the recording process we started to figure that out so now there's you know, like Justin Poindexter on guitar, uh, you know, he's from North Carolina and he plays with Jazz Lincoln Center and he's just like, uh, incredible musician. I mean, like him and Hannah Gill, one of our singers, you know, that's the whole, like the whole reason we got to playing Kansas City. Um, you know, it's like, well, you know, we're a swing band, we're playing a lot of standards, but then, um, our, the DJ that I work with a lot, um, Andres, Schmidt, you know, he, he, he's a real deep listener to music. And he was like, you know, you guys should, should play a jump blues tune, you know? And, and I was like, huh, okay. I mean, that seems like a little outside of what, but, but hey, why not? And, you know, and Hannah knew Kansas City. And so we you know we, the first time I think we played that, it was like, it, you could just tell, like it kind of popped in the room. And, um, and it's, and there's something, uh, you know, so that crossover between early rock and roll and swing and jump blues. And I think, you know, that, that helped push us in a different direction. So I feel like we're, we're kind of in this zone where we're, we're doing hot jazz and swing and a little jump blues. And it's kind of somewhere in the middle. And we have all these people with different, um, you know, different, different ideas and characteristics that come into it. So we have, you know, a lot of different subtle flavorings happening there. And I, and I think it's really exciting because we're not doing just swing covers, um, you know, but we're, we're kind of bringing a lot of different flavors together. And it's, you know, sometimes it's a little bit of, 
bluegrass, sometimes a little bit of Western swing, sometimes even a little bit of, of classical music. I mean, it, there's a lot of things in there. And I think that's really interesting because it's like I was saying earlier, it's uh, some of the context is simple, but there's a lot of musical complexity coming in. And, and I, I like that. I, I want the band to be something that you can listen to and something that you can dance to. And, um, you know, it's not just meant for one thing. And I think the idea of music, you kind of give it to everybody and we want it to be open. You know, some, some bands are very like, Oh, we only want this kind of person listening to it. And I don't, I don't think that's even with jazz. Like, I feel like if you do it well and there's enough energy in it, a lot of people who don't think they're going to be into it are going to really like it. And, you know, I think we're trying to find that, that, that common ground. So if anyone wants to pick up the brand new album, they want to see you live, anything about the hot toddies world, where do they go? Um, so you can check out our website and, uh, social media and things like that. It's hot toddies band, um, online and hot toddies dot band. And, um, we're the Hot Toddies jazz band. There is a like alt rock girl group, I think, down south oh. called Hot Toddies. <laughs> Different. <laughs> um, and then also on social media, Hot Toddies jazz band, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Um, the album is on all the major streaming platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, you can buy CDs and cassettes on Bandcamp. Um, and, uh, you know, we're playing mostly in New York City, but we're really hoping to... Um, get out on the road probably in later this year and in the spring um, and uh, we certainly love to come to uh, Kansas City yeah um, you can uh, actually you know I have to say we got a real kick when we were getting our um, the radio playlists coming in and seeing Kansas City at the top of a playlist in Kansas City we we're just like super super excited about that um, and, uh, and and yeah so hopefully we'll be out there soon I mean, yeah we, I, I played Kansas City um, pretty quick after I got the CD in the mail. So, yeah, you're you're king of the Kansas City <laughs> music mountain. Good job. Um, so, th- hey, thank you for opening up. Thanks for opening up about this. I, I, I love what you guys do, so I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Well, it's great being on the show, and I appreciate, appreciate you and, and uh, playing the music. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Patrick for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.